What's up, everybody? My name is Aswan. and I'm one of the pastors here at Renaissance. Uh, let me pray for us before we jump in. God, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? Uh, lead us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know your boy grew up in Brooklyn. Most of y'all know that. Um, I'm going to take a quick minute. Big shout out to all my DOE babies, all my public school people. Shout out to you. No beef with the DOE because they made me. You know what I'm saying? I still give credit uh, to the public school system. Um, and yes, it has its challenges, but it produced me. So that's what's up. But I remember growing up in Brooklyn when high schools were large, when they were huge. And so going to Canarsie High School in Brooklyn, running the hallways was always fun. But the best thing about high school was when fifth period would hit and my physics teacher would not be there. Oh, come on, somebody. I'd run down the hallway, you know, and I'd get there right before the late bell. I don't know if everybody have late bells. So there was a bell that would send you out the class. And then there was a late bell that if you got in the class before the late bell, you were good. So me and my crew, of course, we always timed it. We knew how to time the late bell. We made sure we got right in the door right before the late bell. And the best surprise is when you get to the door before the late bell and the physics teacher is absent and there's a sub. Listen, I do want to personally apologize to all the subs in public schools because we used to give subs the business. I mean, we used to do all kinds of crazy things. The funniest thing to me is when you send around the attendance, we put fake names on there and, you know, teacher would be calling out fake names and everybody's laughing. It's just crazy. You know, I, those are some really good times. But here's the thing. Although subs would get the business, it wasn't like they were bad people. It wasn't like they were bad teachers. Some of them actually really did a good job when they came in to cover a lesson. Uh, it wasn't even that subs didn't have classroom management skills because many of them did. And I would, I would imagine most of them did. Whether they tried to talk tough and say, yo, we're going to get in trouble, get you in trouble or call your house. Whether they tried to threaten us or control us or, or, or make any kind of suggestions. The challenge was the students, me and my friends, we already deemed them less important. We already determined because of the fact that we saw a sub, for us, it was already like that sub was less than or less important or less authoritative than the teacher, than our permanent teacher. Now, this statement I'm about to make might sting to a couple of you Christians out there, but I think this statement is worth saying. In the same way that my friends and I treated subs as they were less authoritative or that they were less than, in many ways, I think Christians, there are Christians that do the exact same thing to the Holy Spirit. There are Christians who think that the Holy Spirit is less than, it's a lesser version of God, or it's some substitute that doesn't carry the same amount of weight. And that's just not how it's supposed to be. Just That's just not what the Bible teaches. In fact, what I love about the scriptures, if you pop open to Genesis, first book of the Bible, what you get to see in the second verse in Genesis 1, it says that the spirit of God was hovering over the formless earth. And the Holy Spirit was present even then, even in the beginning of time, the Holy Spirit was present. He's not 
less than. He's not some uh, alternative substitute. He was present from day one. And if we go further and look in, in, in places in the Bible, there's other evidence, even Jesus himself, God who had put on human nature and came in the person of Jesus, even Jesus himself says this in John 16, 7, and, and, and Jesus is helping us see the importance of the Holy Spirit here. He says this, he says, nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. It is for your benefit that I go away because if I don't go away, the counselor, which the Holy Spirit is referred to in the Bible, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Do you hear that? It's for our benefit. See, the Holy Spirit is not some lesser version of God. The Holy Spirit is the very presence of God. And I want us to hear this, the spirit inside us, and we're going to talk more about that. The spirit inside us is greater than even Jesus beside us. I'm going to say that again. The spirit inside us is greater than even Jesus beside us. For those of you who are Christian and you watching this on the other side of the film, uh, I want to challenge you to look at this. When we look at this passage today, I want to I want to challenge you to really see how the Holy Spirit is essential. It's vital to our walk. Now, although that's true, it's it, it's theologically true. The Holy Spirit is God. We're good with that. We can check all our theological boxes straight facts done. But although the Holy Spirit's purpose is to, to bring comfort in our lives, to guide us, to correct us, to train us, to teach us, to lead us, we often look to other teachers and we treat the Holy Spirit like he is a sub. And uh, in my life, I've seen there's, there's probably a ton of ways, right? But if I were to be honest, there are probably three main teachers that I follow when I know that I'm treating the Holy Spirit like a sub. The, the first is circumstance. The second is feelings, and the third is culture. And oftentimes we we are, if you look at how we spend our time and how we spend our money, we're trying to maximize our circumstances. That's true. Um, if you look at how we spend our time and our money, we, we're trying to avoid negative feelings. And ultimately what we're trying to do is fall in line with culture and fit in culture. You know, that keeping that whole keeping up with the Joneses is a real thing. It's, you know, and it's sad that we follow these teachers and we relegate the Holy Spirit to just a sub. Now, as I, as I want to think about my own life and go deeper in my own life, sometimes I see myself shadow boxing with just the symptoms and it's like, yo, but there's something deeper underneath. But here it is for me. So this might be the same for you. I love comfort. I love to be comfortable. I will choose comfort a hundred times out of a hundred. I will always try to avoid discomfort. Um, and the challenge with that though is sometimes uh, what God wants to do in our lives does require a little bit of discomfort. Check this out. The Holy Spirit, see, most of us want a God that works for us. We want a God that's gonna, that, that's gonna make sure that we are on the receiving side of all the blessings. We want a God that's always gonna open the doors and he's always gonna be working for us. But check this out, the Holy Spirit doesn't just open doors. It's fine when he does, because that's dope when he does. But the Holy Spirit's primary job is to make us more like Christ. 
The Holy Spirit's primary job is to make you and I more like Jesus. And guess what, party people? That requires friction. It requires uh, you moving out of your comfort zone to, to actually get to, to looking more and more like Jesus. Looking more like Jesus doesn't just show up on a Sunday. Uh, some of the Holy Spirit's uh, greatest things in our life is to take the pain and the discomfort and the disappointments and the challenges and use those to shape and mold us so we look more and more like Jesus. And look, y'all know me, we can just stop for a second and be very, very honest. Yes, I'm telling you right now as one of the pastors at Renaissance that uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is, 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 is going to use the pains and the challenges in our life to make us more like Jesus. But here's the fact. Can you feel me on this? There's times I don't want that. I simply don't want that. I really just want comfort. But I have to remind myself and I have to use the scripture and I want you to use the scripture to remind yourself. But that's not always the Holy Spirit's uh, destination. Our destination isn't always comfort. Listen, Pete, what James says in James 1. He says this, starting at verse 2, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And look, this scripture is dope. I love it. You should actually try to commit it to memory, right? But I don't mean no disrespect about the scripture, but yo, I sometimes don't want that. In my trial, I want them to disappear. I don't want to count it joy that, that, that I'm going through painful situations. But the Holy Spirit's, uh, a lot of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life uh, requires us to step out of comfort. And, and, and allow him to lead us and be our ultimate teacher so that we look more and more like Jesus. Francis Chan says this in, 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 his book, in, in his book, Forgotten God, which is a dope book. He says this, I honestly believe that most of us, while we might say we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, we are actually scared of this reality. I know I am. What would it mean? What if he asks us to give up something you're not ready to give up? What if he leads you where you don't want to go? What if he tells you to change jobs? What if he tells you to move? Are you willing to surrender to him no matter where he wants to take you? Am I? Are you? I know my desire is comfort. But I also know the truth that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just be a sub. He wants to be the main teacher in my life. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not some substitute that we can just disregard. He wants our availability, not just our ability. Our scripture today is going to highlight uh, for, for us why we need the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Because yes, with all that said, the good news is still this, the spirit inside of us is greater than even Jesus beside us. And Jesus wants us to give the life-giving power, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants that to be our true teacher. Here's what I wanna focus for the rest of the day. I wanna look at this passage in John, starting at John 14, okay? It says this, 
If you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my father. You are in me and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. Here are three profound truths that I really want to take from this text. And I want to share them with you. This is why the Holy Spirit should be our teacher. I want to highlight first and foremost, verse 17. He is the spirit of truth. So honestly, I'm not sure we stress this reality enough. Again, the Holy Spirit is not some lesser version of God. He is God and he is the spirit of truth. Um, When the Bible talks about the people who have given, put their faith in Jesus, it says that we become children of God and children of God have a privilege. And one of those privileges is that the Holy Spirit will come and reside in us. You know, there's a fancy word called indwelling. It means that the Holy Spirit takes resident and lives in our hearts. And the the reality of that means, what that actually means is you don't have to trust uh, your teacher feelings. You don't have to just follow your feelings because they're going to lead you to things that possibly are not true. You need to follow the Holy Spirit because he lives in you and he is the spirit of truth. He's always going to direct you towards truth. He's never going to lead you astray. He's never going to take you down another path that might lead to something false. He's always going to lead you to truth. He is the spirit of truth. Now, there's another part of this scripture that that really hit home for me. Um, Not that I could maybe identify socially, but I can identify with the feeling. And it's this in verse 18. Peep what it says. And this is, remember, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. I, I love this because, you know, we, I don't know that we talk about orphans a lot, but, but there are a lot of orphans in the world. But yo, if we go back to antiquity and we look into Bible times, and we, we really got to do that so we can understand what, what orphans meant when the disciples heard this word. One, um, the, the reality about orphans is there was a lot of fatherlessness that happened in biblical times for many reasons. Uh, some because of medical issues. A lot of times it was because of war. Um, but the truth is we think of orphans as people who have someone, a kid primarily, who has lost both parents. But in biblical times, it would have been, even if just the father had passed away, uh, they would have been considered an orphan. Now, if you think about the social class that existed, you had royalty and the king who had ultimate power, who was on this side of the social spectrum. And then you had orphans 
who were at the very, very low part of the spectrum. Um, and here's what's so dope about this as I was researching it. The only real way that orphans could have protection or have authority or power or be cared for is when the king would, would make a declaration that those orphans needed to be protected and cared for. And that's the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel message. King Jesus came to the powerless so that we don't have to guide ourselves and correct ourselves and lead ourselves. That is the very point of King Jesus to step into our lives, to provide us uh, God himself who lives in us and leads us and directs us so that we do not have to do it on our own. Verse 18 says this very clearly, you and I, those who have put their faith in Jesus, we are not orphans. And what I love about uh, Jesus saying this to his disciples also is uh, the disciples would have would have heard this. They would have understood and, and been able to connect this to their history because uh, back in the Exodus, when they when the Israelites were leaving, they would have heard this in Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them. For the Lord your God is the one who will go with you. You don't have to go by yourself. You don't have to guide yourself. He will not leave you or abandon you. You don't have to just resort to your own feelings. You don't have to use those things as your teacher. The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Don't be afraid or discouraged. The Holy Spirit's job is to make us uh, more and more like Christ. And we see in this passage that he comes reminding us that you and I are not orphans. And here's the last point. And I think this is where we're going to close up shop for today. Uh, the Holy Spirit will lead us into obedience. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. The Holy Spirit will always lead us toward obedience. And uh, the way I was thinking about this, I, I think about my, my boys, AJ and Axel, and I have to say things to them over and over and over again. And, but I never get to the point where I'm like, yo, um, all right, he don't want to listen, so whatever. And I don't think the Holy Spirit does that either. The Holy Spirit continues to redirect, 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 and move us closer and closer and lead us closer and closer towards obedience. It's like the Holy Spirit takes our hand and he says, this way, this is the way you should go. These are the things you should say. This is the place you should be. He's always going to lead us towards obedience. Why? Because he's the spirit of truth. He will never leave us as orphans. And he's going to always, always lead us towards obedience. All right. So now here's what I want you to do with this message. I never intended, this is not meant to be some Bible study, some exhaustive study about the Holy Spirit. Here's my passion. My passion is that we become people who are led by the Holy Spirit. When we are out and about, when we in these streets, the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us and people see the God in us um, as a result of how we live our, live our lives. All right, so, so here's practically though what I want you to take away from this message. Here's the first. The Holy Spirit, uh, and when we read scripture, it says that the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance the things that God has said. 
Well, where has God spoken most clearly? It's in the text. It's in the Bible. Uh, his word is right there. And so the Holy, I want you to spend time allowing the Holy Spirit to help bring scripture to life for you. Uh, the next time you sit down and, and, and crack open the Bible, the next time you're in DNA group, before you get into the text, say, Lord, quick prayer. Holy Spirit, would you illuminate my mind, my eyes, so I can see the text in the rich way that you want me to see it? That's my hope for you. That's one. All right. Here's two. The second thing is, and look, I know you might think this is crazy, what I'm about to say. There's probably some other churches that can be like, oh, wow, I can't believe they said that. But listen, I don't want you to just keep praying for God, what are you going to do with my life? Right? What I want you to start praying and maybe even move a little bit ahead of that prayer is, Lord, what do you want me to do in the next 10 minutes? How do you want me to live my life right here, right now in the moment? Uh, what is something that I can do? Who, who can I be? What can I do? How can I do it in the next 10 minutes? I want to remind us, listen, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the deep in Genesis 1 verse 2 hovering, waiting for the word to be spoken. And he does the same in our lives. And he wants to come in and step in and use us right here, right now. I don't want you to think about your ability. I want you to focus on your availability. Be available in the next 10 minutes, the next 30 minutes, the next day, the next week, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth, to lead you more and more towards obedience because his primary focus is to make us more and more like Jesus, not comfort, not our circumstances, not our feelings. Those aren't our teachers. The Holy Spirit needs to be. Let me pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your scripture and that the Holy Spirit illuminates our minds and reminds us of the things that you say to us. God, would we be people that are led by your spirit so that when we move about, people know that God has stepped into the room. In Jesus' name, amen.